Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery, who makes sophisticated, elk-free drinks that still have all the taste of a good time. G&T without the tears, whiskey without the wobbles, and other delicious cocktails too. Switching the ritual instead of ditching the ritual is so much easier. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind, head to mondaydistillery.com for more. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Today on the podcast, we're going to shake things up a bit and do things a little bit differently. My gorgeous husband, Ash Grunewald, is going to interview another legend who's also been on this podcast once before, Greg Jennings, the booze-free dad. They're going to take a bit of a deep dive into talking about Father's Day sobriety with kids, the effect it has on your kids, and lots more. So without further ado, I'll pass it on over to Ash and Greg. Okay, for this very special Father's Day edition in the Zoom room, we have Greg Jennings, the booze-free dad. How are you going? I'm I'm awesome. It's really good to meet you. You too, bro. You too. I'm glad, you know, um, I'm really stoked. I was a bit nervous before this because I used to have a podcast, but I haven't done anything on it for ages. So, okay. It's really, I, I basically haven't podcast for like two or three years. So, yeah. It's yeah. awesome to, it's different when you go on one, like with Danny, when I go on how I quit to just have a chat. Yep. But now yeah. I'm holding it down. I'm You're locking drive- it down in the chair. You're in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, look, I'll be honest and let's just be blokes opening up with our feelings here. I was a bit nervous as yep. well. So I mean, every time I've in. spoken about it, I haven't spoke man to man in a podcast before. So Ooh. this is actually really cool. Yes. Man feelings. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's, <clears throat> this is the Father's Day edition. For me, it's a pretty important one because, you know, one of the things about quitting alcohol for me was, oh, thank fuck. Oh my God. I don't have to worry about that. Making it, full of myself in front of my kids or doing the wrong thing or being a compromised parent, you know, um, because you're partying and then telling yourself, no, 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 I'm bringing the kids along 
for the ride or whatever and really you're just justifying things to yourself. I feel very relieved. Is it which father's is this your second father's day booze free or your uh, this will actually be my third booze free father's day. Okay, and, um, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um I think I think for me it's just feelings of pride on where I'm at as a dad and who I want to be as who I've become as a dad mm-hmm. and who I want to be as a dad in the future. Um, and for Father's Day, it's like I love the fact now that my kids won't remember me saying, oh, I remember Dad on Father's Day, you wanted a steak and a beer, you know. I'm yeah. not, not going to do that to them on Father's Day. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just about celebrating being together together. Um, mm they're not going to be remembering stuff that's that stereotypical blokey stuff that went with the beer culture and I've sort of cancelled that out in our household. So, yeah, it's it's great feelings of pride as, as a sober dad, togetherness, mm. I reckon, with the, with the boys. Um, so my, my, my kids are – my boys are nine and six years old. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think for me it's just so important being, being sober now and particularly on Father's Day, I just it, it just means a whole lot to me. I think, and I think for any other fathers listening um, who are either beginning their journey or, or are on it, you know, that they'll they'll understand that too. Well, you kind of um, you got in early, quitting before yeah. the kids grew up because they do remember me waking up in the middle of the night and pissing on the floor. Yeah, right. Um, Awkward. Unfortunately, how old are your daughters, Ash? Uh, my oldest is thirteen. Yeah, so okay. I don't know how old she was then. I can't quite remember, maybe eight or nine, but she teases yeah. me about it. But luckily it can be <laughs> more of a funny story that she gets into yeah. me about, but it yeah. would be, if I'd kept drinking, it would be an unfunny story that was brought up in something other than a joke. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and I'm still not very happy. You know, I can't take back the past, but I'm not very proud yeah. of that. It's just like a weight off my mind that I don't have to worry about those excesses uh, yep. or like that something would blow out because that was my birthday. I remember that. So. Right, right. And if, yeah. I guess she won't, um, well, both your daughters now, while that's a funny story now, that won't be imprint. That won't be an imprint forever, you know, because you're not consistently doing it anymore. It would yeah. have been a whole, you're right, like it would have been a different story if you'd kept up that behaviour. Um, yeah, and backed it up, and and it's and it's not changing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've just had a time recently um, when my wife's been away for a little couple of periods of time for work, and then for socialising with some friends. Just just um, the last couple of weekends and weeks, um, and it really stood out to me that I can. I was there in the moment for the boys, whereas in previous mm. previous times when I drank. My wife going away for work, I would have absolutely got smashed, you know, and mm. not, and and would have, I would have used that as a, as a time to be drinking. But then, yeah, that's that's the other power of not drinking now. It's little moments like that that you might have gone previously. There's an event on, or there's a birthday on, or that that whatever event or someone's away. That's an excuse to drink. Yeah, you know, but we don't have that anymore, and so it's creating different experiences for mm. our kids. Mm. Yeah, and and different memories. Mm. So, um, yeah, my boys didn't won't. The the beauty I love of it is my six year old. He knows that I don't drink. He won't remember mm. me drinking. Yeah. Um, my older boy will a little bit, 
I reckon, but not. Um, I, I used to fall asleep at the dinner table sometimes. So wow. that happened a few times at, at, at dinners. So whether or not they remember that and use they'll, they probably won't, but I'll, I'll, I always will. Yeah. Yeah. That's the good, that's the good stuff, isn't it? We're not mm. being weird. We're not being stupid and silly drunk in front of them. Yeah. So they're not getting those memories. Yeah. That's the bit where I just, you know, like I say, that's the, the dodge of, of the bullet. And also this idea that Danny and I have probably talked about on the podcast before of like playing it forward. And that's yeah. where your nerves start to shudder when you think <laughs> <laughs> where you could potentially end up. In fact, it's only through listening to some of the podcasts that Danny's done that I've heard some stories of people starting out pretty normal and yep. sort of the equivalent are just living under a bridge or, you know, like some, mm. there's certain things you can't imagine. And this sort of thing, there's certain things you can't imagine doing in front of your kids or, yeah, or or things happening when you've got like a whole lot of drum goes around at your place, everybody getting yeah. smashed. Yeah, yeah, and it's all things that it's not like when you're a drinker you don't think of these things. You just put them into the back of your mind and carry on, and you yeah. still, as a drinker, care about your kids just as much as an like somebody who's quit, but. Mm then you go and lie to yourself and compromise yourself. And mm. that's the crazy thing about drinking that it, it creeps up on you. Like that night I was talking about where I, at my birthday that I peed on the floor in there, woke up in the middle of the night and did that. Yep. You know, I was pretty para by the end of the night mm-hmm. that started off as excited at being excited at a, at a birthday. And I was yeah. probably running around with the kids and doing stuff and it just, it goes on and on, you know. You weren't yeah. you weren't planning that end to the night. No, you didn't. Um, you didn't have your first beer and go. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I yeah. am going to piss on the floor later on. <laughs> yeah, just because I can. Like, yeah, you can't. <laughs> it's my birthday. Yeah, I'm going to live a little because <laughs> I'm worth it. <laughs> Pissing on the floor because you're because I'm worth. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh. that's and that's the th- when it's that behaviour that goes with it, right? Like, um. After a few beers, you sort of lose track, and 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 you might. And, you, and that was really nice how you say you, you're still conscious of the kids when you're drinking, and you've still got that love for them. But you do mm. compromise that by the more you drink in front of them, and then where you end up, you know. Mm. Um, and that's why it's so hard for people to have one or two beers and stop and be mm. that responsible person. And then when it's like whether it's at your own house or you might go around to someone's house and you've got that sort of safety security of the kids are all playing together potentially. Yeah. And then all the parents get on it. Yeah. What do they remember about that stuff? You know, I had a, I had a bit of a barbecue a a couple of months ago and it was that sort of instance. We sort of went around for like, it was just meant to be a quick drink. And then as it kicks on, you know, everyone's enjoying mm. themselves, talking around the fire, the kids are having fun. Um, but then the clock starts ticking, you know, and we, we had um, kids footy the next day um, at 8.30 on the Sunday morning. And it was one of those vintage moments. And I'm not drinking, obviously. And I will say the host of the party actually bought me some zero beers. Bless his Amazing. socks. Yeah. So that was awesome. Um, but then you could see it kicking on. Once, once everyone's drinks had kicked in, you could see the, the 
sort of like, uh, it doesn't matter if we're going to be up late or whatever. And then mm. I was like, right, we've got to go. We've got to go. Yeah. Um, and then there was one more drink, one more drink. And then in the end, I just said, I'm going to go. I'm taking yeah. the kids home. Um, yeah. They're going to be late for bed, but we still got home on time for footy the next day, you know? Mm. And that's mm. the power of that choice that you can have now. Yeah. When, when you don't drink and you can feel comfortable enough to leave those situations. Whereas I know when I drank, and I actually said it the next day to my wife, that was me three years ago. If, and, yeah. and, and if I was in that situation, we wouldn't have got home until one o'clock. You know? Yeah. And we would have been poleaxed and all that sort of stuff. And so the ripple effect of that for years to come, Ash, like it's pretty powerful by, you know, not, by not boozing like that anymore, you know? Yeah, because your, your um, and your kid's life, it, like where you end up is the result of every single day that you live. And if every weekend it's always like, yeah, we'll stay for a couple more and then you don't turn yeah. up to the kid's footy or you turn up a mess, it kind of like every decision you you make it does add up yeah 100%. and that's the that's that's the kind of thing that if you have quit you've you've just dodged that bullet yep um and that's so awesome have you had times in the last 3 years where you felt tempted to just have one beer or something like that i'm going to be this uh, yeah people might hate me saying this but i'm going to say no i haven't because early on, I tapped into the zero beers. And, yeah, they're triggering for some people, but for me, they haven't been. And because in my brain, I first set out to just do one year. And I used those as a tool to help me. And then so that helped me manage the social situations. But I knew, I knew who I'd be disappointed. I'd be disappointing myself, my wife, and my boys if – if I broke that 12 months, because I made them a promise, yeah? So in my brain, I was like, nah, that's it. I'm, I'm not doing it for 12 months. And then in the time, times of stress, times of like, you can smell the change of season in the air, like say even now, winter to spring, you know, like that's always a good time that brings back memories or oh, a beer would be good. But mm. the beauty is there I can have a, a 0% if I want to, you know? Um, so I've never been close to actually breaking, you know? Um, I might smell some red wine and stuff sometimes or a whiskey if my um, my brother loves whiskey. So if he has it, I might smell it, but that's it. That's, and then mm. it's like, oh, yeah, cool. I don't, I just don't do that anymore. Um, mm. What about you? Have you like, gosh, with your man, with your profession, it's, it's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, I, I actually, it, I, the other funny thing for me is I don't mind, people getting a bit lickered up at my gig. I mean, they're easier yep. to play to and I can I can fire up musically if they want to dance and whatever, but probably hanging around the merch desk when people are slaughtered mm. for hours on end gets a little bit on yeah. the tedious side, but I still yep. do. <laughs> I don't want to be ungrateful, but... Yeah. The end of the night, like like in any social situation, the end of the night gets a bit long when you're not drinking and people are smashed. Yeah. But um, while I'm playing, I don't mind them getting drunk. But yeah, yeah, I think we're really similar. Actually, you're probably the person the most similar to me that I've heard talking. Right. You know, I I kind of made a really firm decision. As people who listen to the podcast know, it was a it was a year as well. I think a year is just such a good time period. Mm-hmm. It is long enough to break that habit yeah. 
But I'm just more like if I feel a bit triggered or if, like, say it's yeah. a hot day and a nice beer would go down well, before I discovered alcohol-free beers, that was tougher because I love that thing now. You you just have a beer. Have an alcohol-free yeah. beer. It's the yeah. alcohol that's problem. the problem, not the beer. Beer's good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a real interesting one. I only got into that late in the piece maybe a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I had made a firm decision for that year, and then after that it was like, no, I don't want to go back. And I didn't find it – I didn't really find it that hard because I had to confront it straight away. Like day one of quitting, I was playing a New Year's festival. Yeah. And everybody wow. was off their head. <laughs> Welcome to it. <laughs> that, yeah, that, so. that year would have looked like a really long year ahead on day one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would have been a long year if I was going to say – Oh, I hope I don't get triggered or oh yeah. I hope I don't get a craving. Yeah. But I didn't want to ever act like, oh my God, the craving's gonna jump up and make me start sculling a bottle of vodka. Yeah. It's just like um in the challenges sometimes I jump in with Danny and try and mm-hmm. talk to people about that. Like it's okay to just ob- have a craving and just observe it. Or like say, yeah. Oh, a beer on a hot day's nice. And and just observe that and go, geez, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like um, when uh, the late great Michael Gadinsky died, I'm at Mushroom Records or in that family. And um, when I went to the funeral, that was that was only like last year. So I'd been quit for three years. Mm-hmm. But um, just that social anxiety of all these different people mixed with the grief, that really made me want to. That was one time, and they're just handing out espresso martinis like they're going yeah, out of fashion. Right. Um, yeah, that would I was be like, really oh. challenging. Yeah, that that this is the, one of the most triggering situations. The combination, yeah. I was like, this is one of the most triggering situations I've been in. Yeah, but yeah. still, I was just um, approaching it with curiosity, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't mean it never meant I was going to go right. Give me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you able to like? Um, and you would have felt the pangs of that there like because what and when we're grieving what 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 do we traditionally do we yeah. drink you know yeah um and at a wake what do we traditionally do we yeah. drink a lot um did you step away in that moment like you're able to go oh i'm, I'm, I'm gonna go take five minutes away or just to to get through those cravings or you just owned it well like your um like your example i left that thing early mm. uh, than i normally would have of mm. course um, normally it would have carried on and grown and turned into something else Couple probably. Of days. Yeah. <laughs> but um uh <laughs> no I did I did slam down the alcohol free beers like there was no tomorrow actually. Yeah. I found yeah. myself drinking them so quickly I was like, geez, is this how I used to drink? No yeah. wonder. Um, that can happen in the social situations, can't it? Sometimes like when it's a bit um I've found that as well. I, there's times when I can sit like I might just have just one slowly, but then all of a sudden I'm, I've had two or three zeros to someone else's one. But I think it is that social anxiety of what's happening around you and then all the talking. Um, and no matter how long you are sober, it is always every social event you go to is going to be different and the feels yeah. you feel at that. At, at yeah. That. yeah. And I don't do a lot of it. That's the other thing. Oh, sorry to talk over you there. No, you're right. This is us working out how to do podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I must admit, I don't attend many parties or or anything like that. And I guess people listening, they might be like, oh, no, 
I'm always thinking of quitting and I go to heaps of parties, but I don't go to a lot of them, I must say. But then again, ah, it's a complicated thing because, like, as time goes on, you feel a little, um, you do change. I feel like I've changed. You know, like I used to spend a lot of time with friends just getting sozzled and I don't begrudge those times or, or anything, but, like, I don't know, I get more done now. Yeah, I don't know if that sounds boring to people, but <laughs> more time with the family and more time like doing cool stuff and like I don't know self improvement and stuff. Hundred percent. You've like time. You know, you, you've got you've got the exact the exact same amount of time that we've always had. Mm. But when we're not drinking, we're using that time differently now. Yeah, like. Mm. Um, it's we're not like it's a it's a pun, but we're not getting wasted. We're not wasting our time getting wasted, right? Yeah, we're, you know, um, we we we're in that moment more. The conversations mm. we have socially, we sort of value more, and we can sort of go in deeper a bit more, totally. which I think for some people might be a bit strange. I think in the social situations when everyone else is drinking you catch those cool convos in the first couple of hours before everyone starts repeating themselves, you know? And then that's when you just tap out. You go, right, oh, cool, mm. I'm out, I'm, I'm done. And mm. half the time they don't remember you've left anyway, you know? No. Yeah, so um, much wasted time, my God. And, you know, yeah. of all the things, you know, if you lose your money, you can make it back, but you can't make back your time. Nah, man. Dripping like that, dirt, 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 and then when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. So it's sort of the the thing you want to protect the most. Totally. And like as a dad, now being so much aware of that time, the the kids get, the kids have got their dad, they get dad time, you know? Yeah. Um, And, you know, in in my my profession, I I work in the media and I used to do a lot of socialising through that that was linked to work. And it was always dad was at a work function or something like that, you know. And I'm not saying that to them anymore. Like I went, I went out the other week, you know, a bit of an afternoon into a nighttime session, a catch up with some guys. And it was really, it was strange when I said to the kids, okay, I'm doing this and I won't be home for dinner. I'm going out afterwards. I'm going to the football afterwards. They're like, what? What do you mean? You won't yeah. be home for dinner. They've got so used to that because we use mm. our time differently now. Um. And yeah, that time is so valuable. Like, you know, and like as parents, everyone says, oh, yeah, they grow up so quick. Geez, where does the time go? <laughs> where does it go, mate? Because we, we've half the time, all of us as parents, probably 90% of parents are drinking their way through that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a wide ranging statement, but um, we're not taking the time to stop and spend time with our kids as much. Yeah, just like I, you know, like, you know, you talk about money, you pissed it up against the wall. Mm. Well, you pissed your time up against the wall. Yeah. You know, the time that you could have spent with your kids. Now they're 25. Yes. And it, like, it's old cats in the cradle, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it does happen like that. And, you know, something I keep thinking of, and I couldn't really bring words to it, but, you know, you love your kids so much, but then, and you don't want, the kids to see you behaving badly. So as a couple, Mm. right, you're Mm. having a few drinks and you're having a few more and the kids are running around and like, say it's six o'clock 
or seven mm-hmm. o'clock and it's all right. Now you're really, really hoping that they'll go to bed or you're just chucking on a movie or whatever. And I think a lot of it is you want them to just go to bed so you can really get smashed. <laughs> yeah, just turn <laughs> but, it up a few notches and get right Yeah, you're on. not admitting it to yourself. But like, and I think a lot of pe- parents who've been big drinkers can identify with that. Like, you just sort of want them to go to bed. Yeah. Please, <laughs> and, please. And I, I guess it happens anyway, but sometimes like that when the kids have been really full on. But that vibe sometimes is just because you don't want them to see your behaviour. Um, yeah. And, um, and yeah. that's a shame. That's a shame because your kids won't be that, that age ever again. No, that's right. They're not. This is it. Like this is the time we've got now. Like, um, I think um, you said what your daughters are thirteen and nine. Yeah. 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 So you being the person you are now, you might have a stronger relationship through the teen years. But maybe technically, a lot of kids when they get to twelve, thirteen, that's it. They tap out for a few years and don't need mum and dad. You know. Yeah. Um, and we may not have the relationship through the teenagehood that we have now as young kids. And then, you know, when they're older and their own person, they probably come back to us as parents, you know? But, like, that's why now, particularly for my boys and the age they are, this is the prime time yep. for me to be available to them, for me mm. to provide a safe place, a safe home, for them to feel comfortable around us, for, for them not to see me getting drunk aggro, um, mm. drunk sleepy, um, drunk silly, you know? They can see me silly. Um, that's fine. Let's dance in the morning before we go to school or something. You know, mm. no problems. Um, mm. That kind of silly, but like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want them to remember their their childhood as just dad being that guy that God, he, he drank a lot, dad. You know, because mm. um, mm. you don't, you don't remember everything now as an adult thinking back on your childhood, but you remember moments, you know, mm. and maybe themes. Yeah. So yeah, it's really important. I think, um, mm. but now's the time. Like I want that time with the kids now I want in, like, give it to mm. me. I want to be mm. a part of it. Mm. Cause there will be a time when they say you're so uncool and leave me alone. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm yeah. dreading, I'm dreading that time. Mm. Um, Cause yeah, I just love being a part of their every day at the moment. I love mm. being a part of their life. And by mm. not drinking alcohol, I'm able to prioritize. Mm every situation we have and share. And also, you know, you're talking about those different phases. Like now I've got my 13-year-old. I do have a rich, she's, um, she's got some elements that are typical 13-year-old mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we have an absolutely great relationship and we hang out heaps and spend a lot of time together. Mm. But, oh, my God, that would not be the same. Well, I I don't know how I would ever say, like, in the mornings, sometimes she tries to get my coffee off me and have yep. some of the coffee. I'm like, yeah, you can't right. have coffee. Yeah. And then occasionally I've let her taste, like, especially when I was drinking black coffee, I'm going, okay, taste that then. <laughs> yeah. And see her face wrinkle up. And then she says, I love coffee. Mm. Like, I, I really love it. And I'm mm. like, you don't love coffee. It's not. And it's what I'm getting at, if I was living my old life, that she would be sneaking a little bit of yeah. wine. She mm-hmm. would be sneaking some wine. She'd have some friends mm-hmm. around. We'd be slaughtered and they'd be going off, you know, going to the park and drinking. I don't know what, you know, but that's 100%. not how it is. 
And I would just feel uneasy knowing that that's going on. Mm. And you can't expect them not to do that because you're modeling it. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's just strange when people model it and then expect their kids not to think, no, well, that's what adults do. Yeah. So that's, yeah, just such a relief to me. But then the power of that, right, they're not trying to get a sip of your G&T or vodka and soda or something, or I'm going to try what dad's having. Um, Mm. They might remember yeah. having that coffee or something or trying the coffee. What would you rather than try a coffee or the, or the frosted Yeah, exactly. Beer, you know, yeah. like, and it's funny you bring that up because I, I was, I was leading up to our chat. I was thinking about what I remember as a kid around alcohol. And that was um, having a sip of my grandpa's beer, having a sip of um, my dad's beer. When he poured it, he'd get home, he'd have a, a bottle and pour a glass. And it was that, it was, on a, a habitual thing that would um, occur every day, not every day, but I remember that. And then what do my boys remember now? They won't remember dad coming home and grabbing a beer because I don't do that. They mm. won't remember tasting. Like I can smell that froth of that beer, you know, from when I was a kid. I can, mm. I can, I can be, I'm right in that moment. Well, kid, it also smelled. remember that. Yeah, and it smelt like acceptance and it smelt like a rite of passage, it, like mm. a rite of passage to you. And it's actually probably a fond memory because it was the moment that you got to do the adult thing. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just good if those those adult things aren't linked to something that totally. ends up being destructive for you down the track. Yep. Yeah. And then so by not giving them that chance, now that they we are changing their future by not drinking. Mm. Mm. No, you just don't. Yeah, it's funny because like once you make that decision, you just don't realize the little ways in which it it you're killing it without knowing it. <laughs> yeah, the nuances and stuff, you know, like it's um, and it's funny you mentioned the coffee. Like my kids ask about tea, you know, can I try mm. some of your tea? Mm. Oh, has that got caffeine in it? Mm. Uh, yeah, all right, but you can have a sip, right? You can have one sip, mm. sure. Mm. Um, peppermint, and then tea, they think like they're that. badass for that. Yeah, yeah, I had dad's tea, and like <laughs> people like. I don't know, and that that's that feels really nice to me. That that's yeah. that's what we share, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a whole different life we're creating, you know. And then, you, like you mentioned, how um, like with your daughter, like even with your work, if you go away, right, on, mm. for a few gigs and come back, by you not drinking now, you'll come home. You're there. You're part of it. Yeah, but you might not have been like that if you were still drinking. I would have been very tired. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you get home from a gig, you might still be tired now, but you still you prioritise your family as soon as you're there, whereas previously you may not have, you know. Yeah, totally. And, and that's the power of every family moment you've got. You, you focus on the family moment, not focused on having a beer, on, on getting blotto. Um, or even those, yeah, like hangover mornings where, or like oh, if you have an all-day hangover, like a really bad one, and then you yeah. wake up at, you're getting up at 10 or 12 yeah, <laughs> as horrible. opposed to 7. You know, it's it's a completely different morning for the kids. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you something um, mm. about your Instagram. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. You started up Booze Free Dad. Mm-hmm. What's that all about? Um, well, when I first started it, it was like a little bit of an accountability thing and I wanted ah. a, separate, a separate account to my um everyday Greg account, right? But right. at the time, because, and I'd set it up to follow other sober accounts to learn from people on it. Um, 
And then I just started to share stuff on it, on little videos as well. And like I was peaking, I was packing my pants when I shared my first video. Um, but um, a lot of the stuff that I've, I've read and watched and stuff, everyone talks about, you know, be vulnerable and share your story. It's okay to share your story. And, and you sharing your story can have a ripple effect to other people. And that's sort of where it went, started from and where it went from, you know. And then a lot of people, not a lot of people, but people started following it. But a lot of like, and a lot of people send you messages through it, you know. And then you start helping people. Um, and it's not, it's, it's not an account that's like got automated stuff popping out. It's purely just when my brain goes, you know what, I'm going to talk about this today. You know, early this year and last year, I did a lot of the, I did, I did a lot of things on Sunday morning, and and was linking it to saying one choice, many wins. Um, mm-hmm. And I did that consistently every Sunday for a while. And at, at at first, that was for me to do something every Sunday and celebrate my sobriety and help people. And then that's sort of gone on from there. And I don't know, it's a pretty powerful place, the old soberverse. Yes, yeah, um, soberverse. It's. it's it's you meet some great people and you know i've built relationships with people and on it and share our stories share personal you know day-to-day stuff and the challenges that come with it you know mm. yeah it's been really great it's a really good mm. source of um one for me to share my story like outside of my family and then also accountability and then also helping other people what was that phrase again one choice um yeah one choice many wins yeah, um, I love that. So that one choice we make from stopping to drink, um, stop, you know, and with drinking came partying back in the days, you know, um, and as a dad with young kids, that's not cool getting home at five in the morning and being up at seven, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and drinking much more. <laughs> yeah, you're legendary amongst your mates for a while because you get up after two hours and just, you know, but that's not cool. It catches up with you, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that one choice to stop, something which was for me was alcohol abuse um, and and drinking because I was abusing alcohol. I wasn't just a drinker. I was abusing it. And then it's created the many wins, you know, for mm. me personally, for my family and for my boys, especially mm. um, like we said before, even like one of those wins is time. You know, mm. Um, mm. It's, it's consistency. It's reliability. It's, it's, um, you know, um, being able to prioritize the other person, being able to prioritize your wife and say, you can have a sleep in tomorrow because mm. I don't drink and mm. go for it, sleep in. Mm. Um, so it's just amazing. It's just, yeah. And I don't know, it just had a, 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 a ripple effect from there. One choice, many wins, and it sort of stuck, you know, and a few people have have liked that wording and commented on it. And so every time I post now, I'll always either mention it or have a hashtag of it. Um, yeah, you know. I love I, that. I it's really you. awesome. Uh, we used to say something like that when uh, we first quit uh, and it wasn't, It, yeah, it's similar, but it, it's got a different meaning. But I was just like, um, just make one choice because, yeah. like, when people, when people are trying to moderate, I can't think of anything more frustrating. I because I before I quit, I tried everything, right? Yeah. Um, in the zone of moderation, yeah. But obviously, I had started drinking and got to a bit of a trash bag level where I was chasing a certain 
level of drunkenness. Yep. So when you try and moderate, you, it takes so much of your internal CPU because, like, you're having to make choices all the time mm. and always moderate, oh, I'll have one more and I'll have a water yeah. in between this one and this, that, and the other thing, and you're just wasting so much time. And then, you know, that was the best thing about quitting for a year is like, just make make one choice. And yeah. now it's all simple. Yeah. I can actually get on with my life now. I'm not thinking about fucking alcohol anymore. Yeah. You know? um, it, it's just really, um, and anyone who's on the fence about this, um, just remember that you think, uh, you know, you might think you'll have challenges, but you don't realize how easy it is in comparison to trying to manage the fact that you're drinking too much because that's draining too. Because while that's yep. happening, you you know it. You know, you're not, when you're not smashed, you're not loving the fact of it. You're suffering it. Yeah. So, like, that, that thing of, like, just make one choice, it just makes everything so simple. And yeah. I, I think sometimes in the sober thing, we we, we never really tell that little secret that of how simple it can become yeah and like for it is the power of here right in our brain and it's all our for me it's massive on mindset and it is that once once you make that one choice just go with it and see where it goes mm. um and don't put pressure on yourself about it and like you mentioned about the alcohol cycle then almost you know god the pressure that went with when you're trying to cut back on the booze or oh, all right, I'll go to this party this time, but I'll drive. I won't drink or I'll have one or two. Just the, you're right, the build-up of that and just, oh, shivers, can I do this? Can I have one or two? No, you can't. It's really hard, right? Not many people yeah. can do that. Like, good on you. If, if you can do that, fantastic. But, yeah, and then the anguish that went with it. And um, and for me, like being a, say, Monday to Friday, nine to five job, <laughs> you get to Thursday night, that was awesome. That was like your Friday night. You know, but then it was all weekend and then maybe and then you'd wake up Monday, right? I'm not drinking this week, have a few AFD alcohol free days, and then the cycle would just start again. And then within that cycle, it'd be you want to stop drinking, or you made a real dick of yourself on the weekend, and then you've got to work on that on Monday, Tuesday and try and get the shame and guilt out of your brain and the angst that goes with it. And then you might have one good day where you start to feel human again and then you go and smash yourself again the next, the next night because you felt human again and you can justify it, you know. And you're right, it's just so painful getting to that point. So when you make that one choice to just have a crack and stop, it's just really powerful for yourself and it is a weight off your shoulders, mm. yeah. And once you mm. get through those first few weeks mm. of the, um, oh, shit, what are people going to think of me because I don't drink? Mm. You know, you know, you know what they think of you. Like after a while, they think you're that's bloody awesome. You're, yeah. you're you're doing great. That's so good on you for having a crack at that. That's how do, how on earth did you do that? Yeah, you know? and, and maybe say, I should. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Or they say quietly, "Oh, I could never do it." But how did you do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but you're right. And I think you said something when you stopped. Like, nah, that's it. I've just done it. Like, I don't need that anymore. I'm just not going to have that anymore. Mm. It's very powerful to be definitive in your decision and don't. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, it's like oh, after that event I'll stop, or after Christmas I'll quit, after yeah. New Year's I'll quit. Like if you keep that way going, you're never going to stop. Yeah, you got to stop making deals. After Father's uh, Day, I'm not going to drink again. Yeah, a big Father's Day, and then uh, then I'll stop. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The deals you make deals with yourself. 
Yeah, it's very liberating to get rid of those deals. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Danny said that uh, she had a great response when you were on the podcast last time and, mm-hmm. you know, people have been reaching out to you and you've actually been helping people who are the podcast listeners as well. Yeah, Ash, um, it's pretty amazing. Like we did that a while ago, yeah, like 2020 or 2021. And still to this day, people are catching that podcast like it's fresh. And um, even just like in the last week or so alone, two people randomly have contacted me, one via Insta and one via email. And it's just, um, geez, it's powerful to get that feedback from, from that discussion that you have and to then to be able to help people. And, and like it's, our stories are so similar. Like it feels, it feels so much like it's our own story that we're mm. trying to and we're the only person that's ever stopped drinking something but so many people go through the same pain mm. um, and so many people want to be the best person they can be or the best dad mm. they can be or the best mum, or just the best human they can be and then hearing the um, it's really powerful hearing the stories of other people that are going through the same thing and then have, got, have sort of found a little bit of a solution you know and then you can mm. And you take, and that's how I got to day one too, because I listened to a stack of podcasts. I read a lot of books. Mm. You take a little bit from here, you take a bit from there. And then when you're ready to go, you go, you know? Mm. Um, and the key to that, like a lot of people that do contact me, I always try to get back to them. And a lot of them have done Danny's course and then contact or vice versa. Yeah, that's just the beauty of it. It's, it's a, that's the amazing thing. And, and it's quite humbling and it's quite, um, inspiring as well you know to keep going um mm. yeah and like because if the longer you go do you find some people might go oh do you reckon you'll ever drink again or will there be a, an event you might drink at you know mm. um and then for me i just yeah i'll say so maybe at this stage no you know but maybe mm. after the kids are teenagers and adults and living their own life but by mm. then Oh, God help you if you drink after all those years. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's... um. I do. I have heard, you know, like, I think you can be quit for quite a while and then still fall back into old habits. So... Yeah. And you, you go like that real quick, yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah. Like, like the way I think of it, of it is, like, and the, I guess the reason I'm not drinking now, like, after we did that first year, mm. that was, it was just a plan to do a year. I, I'm just always like, oh, my God. I didn't realize at the time how bad it was. Like, mm. oh, and I didn't realize the bullet that I dodged mm. um, by just cutting it off at that level. Mm. And I think that's the thing to remember that time keeps marching still uh, forward. So, like, if you're still doing that stuff, like, it won't be like you four years ago when you quit, you'll be four years more than trash bag. <laughs> yeah, and still saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to stop soon, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I always think, up. yeah, so when I think about starting again, I think, oh, you know. Mm. I'm sure, you know, maybe somebody can do that and it's fine, but, like, I don't want to risk it because I, I, I just don't see the benefit on it. Mm. You know, what, what's that thing they do, the cost-benefit analysis? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I don't see that. It doesn't add up to me. Yeah, and that's your play it forward thing too, you know. Mm. And I feel pangs of fear when I think about it. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Uh, and I feel a little bit sick. And that, that when I feel that way, that indicates to me that, I'm not even ready to flirt with that, you know? Um, yeah. Um, 
and yeah, some people can go back to it. Um, you know, a, a good mate, of, a, a mate of mine recently took twelve months off, um, and he set set himself a target of twelve months. And again, in an industry that's surrounded by alcohol, so it was a massive effort. Got a couple of kids as well, but then after twelve months, he he started again. He got back onto it, mm. and yeah, he said, "I oh, like his first hangover was brutal," and. And he just goes like he just goes. Don't even bother. Just just keep doing what you're doing. Like, ah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and interesting on. that he was. I mean, I guess none of us are kidding ourselves. Like, uh, so he quit for a year, but he still ended up with a hangover. So he obviously got smashed at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he uh, uh, the experiment didn't work if he was thinking that he might try and not get drunk again. That's right, yeah. And then after that first hangover, and now I think it's like next time I do that, I'm going to take it easy, you know? Um, oh, okay. Maybe. I don't so know. there's still time but, for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like far out. I'm coming up to day 1,000 soon. And, oh, cool. Um, you know, how do you celebrate that? Well, I'm sure as hell not going to have a beer. Um, <laughs> I might, and even the AFBs, I don't drink that much anymore. You know, I've got a whole stack of them, but they're not a big part of my – they're only there as a, a social situation. but. Yeah. It's just celebrating that with the family and being around your family and, and that's the power of this. You know, you're not mm. you're not hungover, you're not you're not feeling awful or shame. Mm. I was thinking about that as well, Ash, like the hangovers and the benders that we used to experience as young as young fathers, you know? Mm. Like you've been nearly what, four years? Is that uh, yeah, right? four and a half, yeah. Yeah, so I'm nearly three years, you know. We were we were young father. We we're fir- you know first time fathers and second time fathers. We don't. There's no manual on that. Mm. The way we got through a lot of it was drinking, you know. Mm. Um, and then now, not to be doing that is just just so so awesome, you know. And then mm. it's I don't know. I, I could never. I could never give that up now. <laughs> mm. Finally, what I gave up, I could never go back to. I could never give yeah. up this because what we've got now, it's. We're not missing out on anything. Mm. You can keep it, you know. Mm. Um, um, and I think That's your awesome. your um, you know your song. What is it? I want you to know. Yeah, yeah. Like that's <laughs> that's a theme for dads, I reckon. <laughs> that's really beautiful. That track, like, um, and the writing and the words. You know, like. Oh yeah, and I think even oh, your, thanks, fam- your family's even in the film clip. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I wrote it for the kids. I got them up at Blues Fest and everybody was right. singing it. It oh, was a really, really um, beautiful moment having the kids on stage and Danny was filming and everything and yeah, she had tears streaming down her face and then um, I looked over because the kids had gone off the stage and I looked over to them and the whole, everybody was singing. Yeah, I looked over to them and Sunny was on her phone oh. <laughs> and Aria was reading a book. Oh, wow. Well, at least she was reading a book. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And that's vintage 13-year-old Sonny just on the phone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was pretty funny. Oh, but classic. yeah. Yeah, put it in um, the show notes or something or in the background. because Show notes. Think, that'll be in the show notes. The words that um, the words in that, for, for me, putting myself in your shoes, listening to that, like you're on the road and that's what you, you know, and, but this is why you're doing it, you know, for them. And mm. that's the same just for me as a, as a dad doing this, you know, mm. and then I want them to know why I've done this you know, in years to come and share it with them, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, 
So well done, well done to you. It's a beautiful oh, thanks, track, brother. That was beautiful, beautiful. track. I, 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 we're talking before about shame, right, of the hangover and like being wasted and stuff in front of your kids and that. And I think now the only sort of shame I feel as a da- is if I raise my voice in in dad moments. Mm. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think for people listening, like it's really important. It doesn't mean life's perfect. Just when you stop drinking, there's still normal dad things you got to do. And also sometimes, you know, I noticed that when I was saying, when I was speaking before saying, you know, when you're drinking away there, you can't wait for the kids to go to bed. Doesn't mean you can't be sober and can't wait for the kids to go to bed. Oh, massively. Because <laughs> that happens like, Far out. <laughs> I just want to watch my show on Netflix or something. Yeah. Or I just want to read my book or mm. I just want to sit and breathe for a moment, you know. Yeah. Like, I guess it's just a real pride that goes with it, Ash. Yeah, there is. You feel that, but mm. um you're more emotionally and physically available. Mm. Um, and you let you lent on it before, like any dads that are sort of any anyone listening that are sort of on the on the cusp of thinking about it or capture this, you know, in a moment if if you're listening to this now in a moment of dread or or, of, or you've had six beers and you're listening to two blokes talking about stopping drinking, like <laughs> like have a crack at it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of it. And there's so much support there for you. And, and, and it starts, you know, with your mates and your family. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, and any dads out there, you know, there's also, there's also a positive way of looking at this. Think what you have achieved. Think of all the good things that you have done. Mm-hmm. And you've done it despite alcohol. Like um, I wrote a book and and it, it, there was this little, I that was when I quit that I was writing it. And right. I said, I said, it's like, I felt like I had rocks. I was running and I had rocks in my backpack. And when you quit alcohol, the rocks, you take the rocks out of your backpack and you can run so free and easy. <laughs> Yeah. And so if if there's dads out there listening you just, you just got to think think what you've already achieved in your life and ha- the think of all the good things you've done that whilst you've been shouldering this burden so yep. like when you get rid of that you're going to be superman yeah absolutely and that yeah yeah that's really that's really good to put it that way because you we do achieve a lot you know um but we also beat ourselves up a lot that we aren't achieving enough mm. um, as dads or as partners mm. or as blokes. You know, mm. there's always someone doing something. There's something better. <laughs> yeah, comparison is not. Yeah, a good the thing. comparison factor. Yeah, yeah. But you know, stick true to your, yeah, stick true to yourself and be really aware of you know that you have you have done good things. Even if you're a young mm. father, you know, you're you're a dad. Mm. You're 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 a role model to this person mm. who looks mm. into your eyes every day and needs you, whether you've got one, two, three, or God help you, four of four kids, maybe <laughs> five. Mm. Um, it's, a mass, it's a really fantastic role and, and mm. duty that we get in life. Um, mm. And then those times when you think it's hard and you're like, oh, that drink's so good after the kids are in bed, it's wait till you stop drinking and then like, you actually look forward to the weekends of spending time with them and spending time with your partner and spending time as a unit. You're not trying to avoid it. And I think that's a big thing. Like my kids won't remember me avoiding their lives, you know, because of I'm not mm. drinking. It's interesting. Um, it's, <clears throat> it's pretty, it's really cool how you said that. And it really brings something up for me. 
when you drink, you become a bit more emotionally immature because mm-hmm. you think or you start to use it. You start to use alcohol to avoid things mm. just naturally. It sort of sells itself to you in that way. And then, yeah, you use alcohol to avoid certain things. Whereas when you're just sober all the time, you kind of just have to face things and yep. it's fine. I mean, and if it's a hard thing you have to face, well, you had to face it. Yeah. Um. So you, you, you don't avoid as much. So you're just a little bit more emotion just by not having that. Mm-hmm. You're a bit more emotionally mature, I think, and yeah. a bit more of an adult. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A bit more of an adult. Fancy it's, that. <laughs> funny because drinking is supposed to be the adult thing, but like it, it just allows you to avoid things. So you just yeah. live in you live in cycles way more. I feel like I can empathize more with the kids or uh, and, if, and a phrase I use with my kids is turn up our listening ears. Mm. And um and it's and for me, they they always thought I was deaf for a while there. Like I went and got mm. a hearing test for them to prove that I wasn't deaf. It's turn up your listening ears, and that's me being connected with them and listening to, you know, if they, if they come home from school one day and go, hey, Dad, guess what? I'm like, what? Tell me about it. Tell me. And they've got my eyes. They've got my attention. Um, and that has built up over time because now, you know, sometimes as a dad you might pretend to be in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I still do that sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I do, but now more often than not I am in the conversation. You're actually in there. Yeah. 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 And just by sitting there and listening to them, mm. it, it, it might be some of the content that they're sharing with you might go way over your head, um, mm. what they bring home from school or whatever, but just us being able to listen mm. and be with them, that mm. helps them so much. You know, mm. It makes them feel loved and, and, and wanted and, and valuable. That's really, really good and really important in this day and age when, you know, especially with... You know, we think about kids being on devices, but also parents being on devices all the time. Mm. Um, there's so much disconnection um, and kids really need a strong connection. I know Danny got me onto a Gabor Mate book because she loves her Gabor Mate and she's doing it. Yep. It was called Hang On To Your Kids. I was yep. talking about some really amazing things and talking a lot about device uses device right, use okay. in kids and also your kids drifting away to their friends. And mm. when they drift away to their friends, they don't quite get the connection that they really need from their parents and they're searching for it from other kids who are just as confused as that they are. Mm. But, uh, you know, this is step one. Like what you're mm. saying is it's so important for kids. And I, yeah, I've never really realized it on this level until recently, but they need, that connection and Massively. in in this world that's sort of falling by the wayside yeah um, in a lot of families so that's awesome great yeah. point they do they do need it and i've actually got that book it's sitting in my bedroom haha <laughs> i've not read it yet though it's like in my, <laughs> it's in my pile um, yeah so i will read that one yeah it's awesome it's really awesome and there's a lot yeah. of things in there that it's really cool because you feel like gabor's really cutting edge Mm. Um, but there's a lot of things in there that are quite old school uh, in a way, like Mm -hmm. seeing the family in that more, I don't know how to say it, family-ish way. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) Rather than when kids get to a certain age, okay, they're off with their friends now, it's done. So, yeah, I was really 
really surprised by the content of that book. And okay. Thought it was awesome. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah it really okay. resonated. It's um, yeah. there, there was people I was with recently, and uh, one of the guys, and it was interesting. They were all drinking, and I'm there as the random dude not drinking. And then we got talking about parenthood, and one of those guys said, "You know, the the disconnect he feels with his daughter now, he's coming of into teenagehood. It, it really hurts him." And I said that you know Isaac and Xander are nine and six years old respectively, and it was amazing that they said, "Enjoy every moment of it now." <laughs> because mm. I wish I could have that back. Oh, so, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. That's massive, you know. And then, and that because they do start going to their friends, like what you said, they they they're, they're going to their friends for information, or or you know, I don't know how they get advice or whatever from their mates and stuff like that. And then they forget that their parents are here, you know, and we're here yeah. for them. And so, uh, yeah, we've sort of um, we've sort of started to over the years play into that uh, as a society and think oh that's the natural way okay they get to a certain age and now they're always on the they're always on their device to their friends and that's the natural way um and so that's just the way it goes Mm. but what he's sort of outlining is that that's not good for them because they're searching for something like when they get that unconditional love from you Mm. and that um putting my own words in here, but there's a warmth and an, especially here we're talking on Father's Day, you know, yeah. and a bit of a certainty that comes from the father that, you know, that they've got a pretty good read on the world. Yep. Um, and they don't get that from other teenage kids who are just worried about their own, working out their own stuff. Yeah. Um, they can't give that unconditional love. They're just a friend. A friend is a layer down from a a parent in terms of connection to the kid. Mm-hmm. So they never really get if and if they're all peer oriented the whole time, they'll never really get that that good connection. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just a little interesting tangent at the yeah. end of the podcast there. Yeah. But um I yeah. mean that's what it's all about. Kids need that connection. So it's awesome that you brought that up. Yeah. Nice one. And then on mm. the day like today being Father's Day, mm. I you know, for you, happy Father's mm. Day. You too, brother. Yeah. And um, it's been a really inspiring chat. And um, I just want to really thank you for all that you've done for other sober people and other sober dudes. Um, It's it's just really great to have that out there. And um, what did you call in the soberverse? The soberverse. Um, Yeah. yeah. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ash. Um, And you too. Like, keep keep enjoying this new phase of your music career as a sober dude in a rock star's life, you know, (laughs) you doing that, you're, you're breaking the mold and, (laughs) but you're also inspiring a lot of people along the way too, you know, and I'll see you at Thornbury theater in a few weeks time. Oh yeah. That's where you're playing at the end of September in Melbourne. So yeah. um, Thanks for getting that plug in there, bro. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) That's how we roll. Um, Yeah. But, look, have a great day today and everyone listening today, uh, all power to you and everyone listening not today, the day after or the day after, whenever you are listening to this, just know that there's a lot of people here for you who have gone through the same thing and it is possible. Yeah, and your Insta? Uh, So at boozefreedad is my Insta handle. And you can also, um, if you feel, if you want to email me as well directly, it's boozefreedad at gmail.com. Awesome. What a legend. Okay, thanks heaps for that, brother. 
Good on you, Ash. Cheers. Have fun. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.